Great music for us to have a little chat with Richard Zussman, too. This morning, our global news reporter is with us. Hi, Richard. Great song. Good Great morning, songs. That, did that wake you up and get you going, ready to start the day? Yeah, talking to Greg woke me up, but the song is just the extra boost <laughs> oh, I needed, really. I'm, I'm glad Greg could be your alarm. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Let's talk about what's going on out there in Victoria. Uh, now, listening to that press conference yesterday, Richard, what did you find really interesting? Oh, man. So, a few different things stood out. So, we're still uh, continue to grapple with low testing, uh, but there is... Uh, some confidence uh, from Dr. Bonnie Henry that uh, measures are working. You know, active cases are way down, and and we are finally starting to see testing numbers uh, go back up. Uh, so that was significant. And then the amount of time Dr. Henry spent on discussing the vaccinations and this idea of pushing back the second dose of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines yeah. was also really interesting. So clearly uh, the criticisms that have been thrown at the province for pushing uh, that back has gotten to Dr. Henry and wanted to spend the time to explain uh, the science and the study, the, the evaluation that has been done by British Columbia looking at the studies uh, brought forward by both Pfizer and Moderna during the uh, testing of the vaccine and explaining how, uh, based on the evaluation of that testing, uh, it is safe in order to uh, extend that shot in order to ensure that more people get the vaccine up front uh, rather than storing or, or sort of accumulating um, a second dose of the vaccine uh, at a, a closer interval. Right, because that's the controversy, right? Then I know that yeah. Pfizer has recommended not doing that, but Dr. Bonnie Henry seems to think it's the right way to go. Yeah, and so there seems to be some evolving conversations like we have seen often through this pandemic around how to do this. And the clinical trials were done in a way in which uh, the gap um, was tested at between 21 and I think as far as eight weeks apart, based on what uh, Dr. Henry said yesterday. And the highest efficacy for the vaccine was tested in that 21 to 28 day range. But there's also an incredibly high protection from the first dose that extends all the way out to eight weeks. So based on that study, and, and this is not a, a decision that BC is making unilaterally. British Columbia is working with lots of other jurisdictions around the world to make this decision, as almost every jurisdiction um, is having problems getting the vaccine into people's arms. And, and you know, clearly... Uh, we're struggling now because we're out of the Pfizer vaccine in BC and the hope is to get more mm -hmm. of the vaccine as soon as today. But it's potentially, it's the potential's there that we could not get it until Thursday. So that would slow down uh, the immunization rollout. And, you know, BC continues to work with Ottawa to procure more of the vaccine. Uh, it's, it's, the greatest challenge that exists right now the yeah. priority is to get long-term care homes and those in long-term care vaccinated all of them before the end of february because we know 
We hit this grim milestone yesterday. More than a thousand people have now yeah. died in British Columbia from the virus. So we know a majority of those deaths are happening in long-term care. Yeah, let's, and I wanted to talk about long-term care. Yeah, that we get get the vaccine into those care homes. Yeah, I wanted to talk about long-term care. You mentioned that testing is finally getting back up. Has are, are they changing their minds on the issue of using more testing, like rapid testing, for long-term care homes? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I asked Dr. Henry about that yesterday. And it's not necessarily the rapid testing that they want to try in long-term care homes, but the PCR test, which is the gold standard of tests, and one that they are using with the film industry and with the NHL. And I had a conversation with seniors advocate Isabel McKenzie yesterday, who believes that there is a way based on our current supply of tests and capacity for testing that every staff in long-term care could be tested every week on intervals. So each staff member would need to be tested twice a week. Um, and based on spreading it out across the week, they could ensure that every worker is tested and and could provide an extra layer of protection. And yes, there's a lot of debates around asymptomatic staff and whether the tests would pick that up. But if you test people at a high enough frequency, you could catch asymptomatic people and prevent the virus from getting into long-term care homes. And Dr. Henry seemingly, after rejecting the idea outright of, of rapid tests, seemed yesterday willing to acknowledge the conversation is being had about adding that layer of protection, especially mm. knowing that not everyone in long-term care will be vaccinated until the end of February. The other thing that Dr. Henry mentioned, which is important as well, is uh, whether they should prioritize upping up the screening process for working. So that includes temperatures, uh, health checks. So uh, bolstering the way in which people are evaluated, uh, whether they are sick or not. Because one of the things we've seen, especially in Little Mountain Place and others, is with such high fatigue in long-term care, workers are uh, showing up to work sick, but they feel it's just exhaustion. Yeah. And they're showing symptoms, but they said, no, it's just I'm tired because I've worked so many hours and uh, this is breaking me down but ultimately because the, the symptoms are so similar to that of COVID-19. And so that, that's one of the challenges too, that if there was better screening done to ask people specific questions about how they're feeling, that may have flagged and they may not have gone to work and, and potentially contributed to the spread of the virus. Okay, let's talk about the restaurant situation too, because we spoke with Miru Dalwala yesterday here on the show. Uh, you know, they want a bunch of restaurants, want an apology from Dr. Henry. What did she have to say about that yesterday? Yeah, so no apology. And I think part of the confusion here is there's frustration from the restaurant industry that the change on New Year's Eve happened so quickly. But the reality is that is what the province wanted to do. And and it comes down to the fact that there was uh, information being sent to Dr. Henry's office that restaurants were going to break the rules around events on New Year's Eve. And it likely was a small grouping of restaurants, but they made that change late in order to um, prevent many of those restaurants from breaking those rules or to put increased pressure on them. And if they had not created this as a surprise, uh, then uh, there would have been ways to, to sort of work around that. And I think Dr. Henry has never come out as much and said that specifically, but when you piece together the comments that she has made 
the day before making the announcement and through the criticism of it, it becomes very clear that this isn't something where she was trying uh, to mess up right. what restaurants were doing. It was to try to enhance public health measures. And she alluded to the fact they continue to work with the restaurants. The other issue there, Simi, is like, who represents the restaurants? Well, right? yeah. Is it the small yeah. business owner? Is it the big association? So that's a challenge, too. I, I guess what they're saying is there was method to the madness. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, in some regards, based on what we saw and now what we're seeing in terms of, you know, not a huge spread out of New Year's Eve, it, it, it may have worked. And, and yes, it had a profound economic impact on a lot of restaurants. And but the reality as well is the BC is the only jurisdiction on this side of the Maritimes that still has in-restaurant dining happening. And so, you know, there's a promise for better communication, but the reality is that that many will acknowledge that the province is doing relatively well at ensuring that restaurants can remain somewhat viable in a very difficult time. So true. And uh, very quickly here, Richard, let's talk about the BC Liberals. Uh, I thought it was really interesting yesterday that they are coming out and saying, listen to the government, you need to be more transparent. They're being a little bit more aggressive on this than they have been in the past. Yeah, and this is one of those issues that we have heard you know, lot in pieces from different uh, people in terms of those who uh, data analysts and, and others who observe the numbers on a day-to-day basis. And there are no doubt a few holes in the way that the province does things. So the Liberals are calling for the government to uh, produce the numbers every day for vaccinations delivered by each health authority. Right mm-hmm. now we get it by uh, province. We are expecting to get these numbers eventually, the province has said. Uh, the number of rapid tests delivered by each health authority, detailed breakdowns, and this is a crucial one for a lot of people, and it's unclear whether the province will actually be able to do this, but case breakdowns by schools identified by staff and student populations. We see that mm. in some jurisdictions like Ontario. Long-term care homes and assisted living and healthcare facilities, as well as you know, breakdown. One of the debates as well is this mix between um, tests uh, for MSP billable and non-billable. So how many of them are private tests like the film industry that do a whole right. lack of tests and, and are skewing the numbers? So we'll see. We haven't got a response yet on that from the, the government. But, it, uh, you know, again, more data uh, helps people make decisions. The reality, though, is Dr. Henry says everybody should be making the same decision, which is yeah. stay home, follow the yes. rules, cut down your interactions. Uh, you know, you don't need data to tell you that. I feel like I've heard that. Okay. Thank you very much, Richard. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria.